0: folks! This is the American Variety Network on Block Talk Radio with Alec Cardinale,
1: Cardinale.
0: live from Springfield, Massachusetts.
1: This episode of the American Variety Network is brought to you by CaribSea. Check us out at www.caribseed.com.
0: Happy Easter from all of us at the American Variety Network. May your Easter months be full of great joy. And may you have a great Easter on Sunday, March 27th. Happy Easter, everyone. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two,
1: one, zero. Are you ready? you think you can tell us what to do? you think you can... Could-
0: Hello, students, and welcome to Culinary School with Chef Alex. I'm Chef Alex Cardinelli, a Culinary School graduate with a Culinary Art Certificate, a SurfSafe Certification. I'm Serve Safe Certified until February of 2019. And I'm also OSHA certified. Sadly, my back illness and being a chef would not work out as I can't stand on my feet for more than four hours. While I am technically not a chef, I am still a culinarian. I didn't attend culinary school for nothing. I spent a total of six years in culinary school, and I've learned everything from keeping food safe for professional restaurants and food service, to the science behind the dangers of food, to knife skills, to cooking and baking. I intend to teach you all everything you would learn at culinary school, but for free. Yes, Free. It's going to be a once-a-month show, but it's going to be a fun and educational show. There will be a different student each month who will be asking me questions, and I will be answering the questions with the help of my many culinary arts books and my small experience, but experience none the While I may not be able to cook professionally as a chef, I still cook at home and study culinary arts online. I have a lot of knowledge you would not expect a 22-year-old man with only a certificate to have. Anyways, that is just a basic introduction to this show. I hope you will personally use my knowledge To become a better cook and a chef. Tonight's first topic is going to be food safety. Why do we need to keep food safe? How is food dangerous? Cross-contamination, what the hell is that? All of that will be explained tonight. Now, If you would please, let me introduce you to our very first student, Jeremy Stellhorn. Jeremy, how are you doing today, sir?
2: Good, Alex. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic. I'm finally happy to have my teaching kitchen and be here at Culinary School teaching all of you.
2: Sounds good, Alex. I'm going to ask you some questions about food safety and going
0: to learn about keeping food safe awesome that's right so students sit back and get ready to learn some information about food safety this is going to be a very informal show so i'll give you a minute or two to get ready school starts right after this introduction so don't go anywhere You're tuned in
1: live to the American Variety Network, here, live on Blog Talk Radio. With a name like American Variety, you can expect a wide variety of topics. Now, let's get live here on the AV Network.
2: Hi, Jeremy Stillhorn. I'm tuned in to the American Variety Network, where I find the is very educational and entertaining.
0: Welcome to Cooking School with Chef Alex Cardinelli. Chef Alex Cardinelli is Sir Save Certified, and he has a certificate in culinary arts from his culinary arts program. Chef Alex has worked at a former bakery, Gus and Paul's, as well as several under-the-table restaurant positions. Chef Alex has five years of culinary knowledge, that he learned throughout his years of culinary school with the tutelage of his mentor, Chef Matt West. Now, Chef Alex Sidelines with a back illness will take what he has learned and share it with every single one of his listeners. This is your opportunity to attend culinary school for free. So sit down, relax, and get ready to learn. Cooking School with Chef Alex Cardinelli is now in session. I know what you're thinking. If this is cooking school, what are we going to learn how to cook right away? This is not a race. We are going to start slow and steady. Before we can go in the kitchen, I want you to learn the dangers of what can happen if you don't cook food safely or do safe prepping of the food. I want you all to understand, when I say food safety or cooking food safely, I'm not necessarily talking about staying safe when cooking. I'm talking about the science and bacteria of the food and the damage and dangers it can cause.
2: What is food safety and
0: why is food safety even involved in food? great question and a great way to get us started. Food safety is a scientific discipline describing handling, preparation, and storage of food in ways that prevent foodborne illness. I don't know about you, my listeners, or me, but I have yet to get foodborne illness, and I don't want to get foodborne illness. So I'm going to teach you ways you can avoid Foodborne illness. We're going to go over this in great detail. This includes a number of routines that should be followed to avoid potentially severe health hazards. Safety is involved to avoid serious foodborne illnesses. It is very important to note the following. Food can transmit disease from person to person as well as serve as a gross medium for bacteria that can cause food poisoning. This is what we call the temperature danger zone, which I will touch base on at some point in in this show.
2: What are the five key principles of keeping food safe?
0: Prevent contaminating food with pathogens spreading from people, pets, and pests. Separate raw and cooked foods to prevent contaminating the cooked foods. Cook foods for the appropriate length of time and at the appropriate temperature to kill pathogens. Store food at the proper temperature and use safe water and raw materials.
2: What is cross-contamination and how can it happen?
0: Cross-contamination is the transfer of harmful bacteria to food from other foods, cutting boards, utensils, etc., if they are not handled properly. This is especially true when handling raw meat, poultry, and seafood. So keep these foods and their juices away from already cooked or ready-to-eat foods and fresh produce. When handling foods, it is important to be smart, keep foods apart, don't cross-contaminate. Cross-contamination can happen just like that without you even thinking about it. Let's say, for example, Bob is making chicken parmesan. He grabs the raw chicken breast on his cutting board and pounds them thin. He then moves the chicken to a plate and takes out mozzarella cheese and cuts the mozzarella cheese right on the same board that he used for the chicken.
2: How can we avoid cross-contamination?
0: Great question. Now, I'm going to give you several tips of how you can avoid cross-contamination at home. Now, here is how to avoid cross-contamination when shopping at the grocery store. Separate raw meat, poultry, and seafood from other foods in your grocery shopping cart. Place these foods in plastic bags to prevent their juices from dripping onto other foods. It is also best to separate these foods from other foods at checkout and in your grocery bags. When refrigerating food, place raw meat, poultry, and seafood in containers or sealed plastic bags to prevent their juices from dripping onto other foods. Raw juices often contain harmful bacteria. Store eggs in their original carton and refrigerate as soon as possible. When preparing food, Wash hands and surfaces often. Harmful bacteria can spread throughout the kitchen and get onto cutting-borne utensils and countertops. To prevent this, wash hands with soap and warm water for 20 seconds before and after handling food and after using the bathroom, changing diapers, handling cash, or handling pets use hot soapy water and paper towels or clean cloths to wipe up kitchen surfaces or spills wash clothes often in the hot cycle of your washing machine wash cutting boards dishes and countertops with hot soapy water after preparing each food item and before you go on to the next item a solution of one tablespoon of unscented liquid chlorine bleach per pure gallon of water may be used to sanitize surfaces and utensils. Cutting boards. Always use a clean cutting board. If possible, use one cutting board for fresh produce and a separate one for raw meat, poultry, and seafood. Once cutting boards become excessively worn, or develop hard-to-clean grooves, you really should replace them. Marinating food. Always marinate food in the refrigerator and not on the counter. Sauce that is used to marinate raw meat, poultry, or seafood should not be used on cooked foods unless it is boiled just before using. When serving food. Always use a clean plate. Never place cooked food back on a sling plate or cutting board that previously held raw food. When storing leftovers, refrigerate or freeze leftovers within two hours or sooner in clean, shallow, cover containers to prevent harmful bacteria from multiplying.
2: How should we store food, Alex?
0: Some foods need to be kept in the refrigerator to help stop bacteria growing. These include foods with a use-by-date, cooked foods, and ready-to-eat foods such as desserts and cooked meats. Here's how to prevent bacteria from growing. Keep your fridge temperature at 5 degrees Celsius or below. Most refrigerators are warmer than you think. When preparing food... Keep it out of the fridge for the shortest time possible. If you are having a buffet, keep the food refrigerated until you're ready to serve it. Cool down leftovers as quickly as possible, ideally within 90 minutes. Store them in the fridge and eat them within two days. Store eggs in their box in the fridge. Never put open cans in the fridge as the metal may transfer to the can's contents. Place the contents in a storage container or covered bowl instead. Make sure food has cooled down before you put it in the fridge. If the food is still hot, it will raise the temperature in the fridge, especially older models, which isn't safe, as it can actually promote beneficial bacteria growth and cause foodborne illness and actually not beneficial bacteria, sorry about that, but it would promote bacterial growth. No food lasts forever, however well it is stored. Most pre-packed foods carry either a used-by or a best-before date. Use by dates appear on foods that go off quite quickly. It can be dangerous to eat foods past this date. Best-before dates are for foods with a longer life. They show how long the food will be at its best quality. Food can look and smell fine even after it's used by date, but that doesn't mean it's safe to eat. It could still be contaminated. Storing meat. It is particularly important to store meat safely in the fridge to stop bacteria from spreading and avoid food poisoning. Store raw meat and poultry in clean sealed containers on the bottom shelf of the fridge so they can't touch or drip onto any other food. Follow any storage instructions on the label and don't eat meat after it's used by date. Keep cooked meat separate from raw meat. Freezing and defrosting. It's safe to freeze meat and fish as long as you freeze it before the use by date. The frost meat and fish thoroughly before cooking. Lots of liquid will come out as meat saws, so stand it in a bowl to stop bacteria in the juice spreading to other things. The frost meat and fish in a microwave, if you intend to cook it straight away or put it in the freezer saw so it doesn't get too warm. Cook food until it's piping hot all the way through. Make sure the meat is properly wrapped in the freezer or it might get freezer burn, which will make it tough and inedible. Date and label meat in the freezer and eat it within twenty four hours of defrosting. Don't keep food in the freezer indefinitely. Always have a good idea of what's in your fridge and freezer. Refreezing. Never refreeze raw meat, including poultry, or fish that has been defrosted. It is possible to refreeze cooked meat once as long as it has been cooled before going in the freezer. If in doubt, don't refreeze. Frozen raw foods can be defrosted once and stored in the fridge for up to two days before they need to be cooked or thrown away. To reduce wastage, divide the meal into proportions before freezing and then just defrost what you need. Cooked food that has been frozen and removed from the freezer must be reheated and eaten immediately once fully defrosted. When defrosted, food should be reheated only once because the more times you cool and reheat food, the higher the risk of food poisoning. Bacteria can grow and multiply when food is cooled too slowly and might survive if food isn't reheated properly. When reheating food, make sure it is heated until it reaches a temperature of 70 degrees Celsius or 160 degrees Fahrenheit for two minutes so that it is steaming hot throughout. Foods stored in the freezer, such as ice cream and frozen desserts, should not be returned to the freezer once they have started to thaw. Only take out of the freezer what you intend to use for that meal.
2: What is the safest way to use a cutting board?
0: Colored cutting boards can help prevent cross-contamination in your kitchen. Now, you have to use the correct food item with the correct board. Now, in a professional kitchen, in a restaurant kitchen, we have different colored cutting boards. And it's actually a life I like having different cutting boards instead of having just one, but you can safely have just one cutting board, and I'll talk about that in a minute here. But I want to tell you about the many different colored cutting boards that you use in a professional kitchen. A red cutting board is for raw meat. A yellow cutting board is for raw poultry. A green cutting board is for produce. A blue cutting board is for raw seafood. And a white cutting board is for cooked food. So if you think of a red cutting board, you're going to think of red raw meat, like red raw pork or raw steak or beef. A yellow cutting board is raw poultry. A green cutting board is produce, blue seafood, and white cutting board is for desserts and cooked foods. However, it would cost a lot of money in a home kitchen if we were to buy different colored cutting boards. So you can use an all-in-one cutting board. But here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to wash, rinse, and sanitize before each different use. So let's say, for example, you are Bob making chicken parmesan. Well, after you cut the chicken, you're going to need to wash the cutting board with soap and water, rinse it with bleach, and, and dry it. Now the bleach is going to sanitize it, and then you can use the cutting board for your mozzarella cheese or whatever else you are going to cut. Now, if your cutting board is decades or even years old, then I really would recommend getting a new cutting board. Cutting boards generally last for about 10 years, so you will get a good 10 years out of it. But if it's, let's say, 20, 30, 40 years old, it is time for a new one because after all those years, it's going to have grooves and things that bacteria can grow and multiply in.
2: How can we reduce the risk of
0: cross-contamination? Great question. So now is the time of the show where I'm pulling out my On Cooking Culinary Arts book. So give me just a second here. I'll uh, go to the cross-contamination section of this book. So if anyone out there has an On Cooking book, which I'm not sure if you do, um the article I'm reading is from page 27 on on cooking. So, cross contamination can be reduced or even prevented by personal cleanliness, dish and equipment cleanliness and pest management. But in a home kitchen, we're not really concerned with pest management. We're more concerned with personal cleanliness. And dish and equipment cleanliness. To produce clean, sanitary food, all food handlers must maintain high standards of personal cleanliness and hygiene. This begins with good grooming. Humans provide the ideal environment for the growth of microorganisms. Everyone harbors bacteria in the nose and mouth these bacteria are easily spread by sneezing or coughing by not disposing of tissues properly and by not washing hands frequently and properly touching your body and then touching food or utensils transfers bacteria Hands should be washed before and after handling raw food, after smoking, drinking or eating, after coughing or sneezing, after removing the garbage, and after touching dirty clothes, side towels, or anything that may contaminate the hands. What is direct contamination? a very very good question but first let me go ahead and uh finish something here i was actually uh skipping over a next article because uh that is actually not um uh good information for the home it's actually used for um a professional kitchen so you should clean clean all your equipment and your dishes with hot and soapy water. Now to avoid cross-contamination, a two spoon tasting method should be used when sampling food. To safely taste food, use a clean spoon to remove some of the food from the pan in which it was made or stored. Pour that food into a second clean spoon before tasting it. This prevents the soiled spoon from going back into the pan the food that's being prepared in that pan all right so let's get into the different kinds of contamination and as uh, jeremy just mentioned i'm going to tell you about direct contamination now direct contamination is the process of directly contaminating something an example of this would be raw chicken that is sitting against fresh lettuce the chicken directly contaminates the lettuce without an intermediate step
2: what is indirect contamination
0: indirect contamination is whether the contaminant is carried from the source to other food by something else it could be hands utensils etc an example of that would be using a cutting board for raw chicken, then using the same board for cutting up the lettuce. Although the chicken is the original source, the cutting board carries the contamination to the lettuce. Another example of indirect contamination would be raw chicken, which accidentally set on top of chemicals. What are the different kinds of
2: direct contamination?
0: Great question. So now I'm going to my on-cooking book again, and I'm going to be on pages 18, 19, and 20. So there are three different kinds of direct contamination. We've got biological contaminants. We have, um, hold on a second here, biological contaminants. And we also have physical contaminants as well. So biological contaminants would be bacteria. Now, bacteria, as we all know, are single-celled microorganisms, and they are the leading cause of foodborne illness. Now, direct contamination is caused by bacteria. Now, the physical contamination is what we're going to talk about next. So I was confused there. But direct contamination is the bacteria and the biological contaminants. Now, these could be intoxications and infections. A common disease from that would be botulism. That is a well known example of intoxication. Now, certain bacteria can produce toxins, byproducts of their life processes. You cannot smell, see, or taste toxins. Ingesting these toxins, producing bacteria by themselves, does not cause illnesses, but toxins that are ingested can poison the consumer or customer or person. Proper food handling techniques are critical in preventing an intoxication because even if a food is cooked to a high temperature to kill all bacteria present, the toxins that they leave behind are usually not destroyed. Then you have bacterial infections and intoxications. And what causes these certain types of bacteria to grow are food, temperature, time, moisture, alkali balance, and atmosphere. So acid and alkali balance can cause different kinds of uh, direct contamination. So what you need to know, direct contamination is the bacteria itself. What are the different kinds of indirect contamination? Good question. So now I'm going to 25 and 26 on the On Cooking book. So the indirect contaminations would be chemical contaminants and physical contaminants. So chemical contaminants would be any sort of a chemical. It could be antibiotics, fertilizers, insecticides, and herbicides. Now this means that somehow, some way, a chemical would have to enter food. So it is best not to have any sort of chemical near your food because it could cause devastating results to a person now a physical contaminant would be anything that does not belong in food so it could be a fingernail which i know is really disgusting so women you definitely don't want to be wearing long fingernails when you are cooking or uh, making any sort of food it could be a broken spoon a broken plastic spoon or a broken plastic fork it could be a piece of metal from a can it's any foreign objects that find their way into foods by mistake or an even grosser case it could be somebody's band-aid so when you are working with food make sure you don't have any long fingernails or any band-aids on your hands or anything like that because you could potentially make somebody very, very sick. Why is temperature so important, Alex? All right. That is very, very important. Temperature is the most important factor in the pathogenic bacteria's environment, because it is the factor most easily controlled by food service workers. Most microorganisms are destroyed at high temperatures. Freezing slows, but does not stop growth, nor does it destroy bacteria. Most bacteria that cause foodborne illnesses multiply rapidly, at temperatures between 70 degrees Fahrenheit and 125 degrees Fahrenheit. What is the temperature danger zone Alex? The temperature danger zone is a broad range of temperatures in which most of the bacteria that cause foodborne illnesses multiply rapidly. Now to control the growth of any bacteria that may be present it is important to maintain the internal temperature of food at 135 degrees Fahrenheit or above or 48 or 41 degrees Fahrenheit or below simply stated keep hot foods hot and cold foods cold again keep hot foods hot and cold foods cold. Keep hot foods hot. The high internal temperatures reached during proper cooking kills most of the bacteria that can cause foodborne illnesses. Keep cold foods cold. Foods that are to be displayed, stored, or served cold must be cooked rapidly. When cooling foods... Refrigerate foods at 41 degrees Fahrenheit or below in containers that are less than two inches deep. Avoid crowding the refrigerator and allow air to circulate around foods. Vent hot foods in an ice water bath to cool the food down quickly. And the last thing I can tell you about the temperature danger zone is to never saw foods at room temperature what are some potentially hazardous foods hazardous hazardous foods great question so potentially hazardous foods are time temperature controlled for safety foods now a potentially hazardous foods or i call them phf which may require time, temperature control, for safety is any food or food ingredient that will support the rapid growth of an infectious or toxigenic microorganisms, or the slower growth of many different kinds of bacteria. Potentially hazardous foods include food from an animal source, for example, meat, fish, shellfish, poultry, milk, and eggs. Fruit from a plant that has been heat-treated, for example, cooked rice, beans, potatoes, soy products, and pasta. Raw seed sprouts, cut melons, cut tomatoes, or mixtures of cut tomatoes that are not acidified or otherwise appropriately modified at a processing plant. Garlic and oil mixtures that are not acidified or otherwise appropriately modified at a processing plant, and foods containing any of the preceding items, for example, custard, sauces, and casseroles. What are the recommended internal cooking temperatures, Alex? Very, very important. I'm glad you asked that. So, for beef, pork, veal, or lamb... Steaks or chops, you want to cook that to 140 degrees Fahrenheit for 15 seconds. Beef, pork, veal, or lamb roast, you want to cook that to 145 degrees for 4 minutes. Egg dishes, cooked to 155 degrees Fahrenheit. If the dish is uncooked, use only pasteurized eggs. Eggs. Cook until the yolk and white are firm or cook to 145 degrees Fahrenheit for 15 seconds. Fish and shellfish. Cook to 145 degrees Fahrenheit for 15 seconds. Shells should open. Commercial game, Cook to 145 degrees Fahrenheit for 15 seconds. Ground beef, veal, pork, or lamb. Cooked to 155 degrees Fahrenheit for 15 seconds. Ham and bacon. Cooked to 155 degrees for 15 seconds. Poultry or wild game, whole or ground. Cooked to 165 degrees for 15 seconds. Stuffing. Stuffed meat. Stuffed fish. Stuffed pasta and casseroles. Cooked to 165 degrees for 15 seconds. And any potentially hazardous foods should be cooked in a microwave and cooked to a 165 degrees Fahrenheit. Then let stand for two minutes. And that would include your leftovers. Now, when I say for 15 seconds or for four minutes, I mean you should take a thermometer and put it into the middle of the food and you should let it sit there for 15 seconds. And when it comes to let's say poultry at 165, your item is done. So that is really, really important. Now I know that a lot of us like to taste our food. And as I said earlier in today's show, to avoid cross-contamination a two-spoon tasting method should be used. To safely taste food, use a clean spoon to remove some of the food from the pan in which it was stored or made. Pour that food into a second clean spoon before tasting it. This prevents the soiled food from from getting back into the food being prepared. That is really important, and that's why I shared that with you twice. All right. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. I've been talking for over 30 minutes, and I've been providing you a lot of wonderful information on keeping food safe. So I'm going to give Jeremy and myself a quick little break. We're going to hear some uh, radio show reminders and a couple of our commercial breaks. Don't go anywhere. We've got a lot more information on food safety coming up next. Coming
1: up next. Next. Next.
0: Proper message for cleaning dishes and cleanup, extra food safety tips, and more. We'll be right back.
2: Carob Sea is the proud sponsor of the American Variety Network. Carob Sea provides tropical fish keepers with quality products such as live sand for saltwater aquariums, which will help cycle your aquarium. Life Rock, the best and safest alternative to live rock without the unwanted pest. The best line of aquarium chemicals for both fresh and saltwater. Next time you need quality products for your tank, give Carib Sea a try. Check us out at CaribSea.com.
0: you looking to purchase a new saltwater fish, a new coral, or some new saltwater inverts, would you like to receive a 15% discount? Well, now you can. Aqua Alex, American Variety Network, and Blue Zoo Aquatics are now offering you 15% off your order with Blue Zoo Aquatics by simply using the code Coupons, all capital letters. So the next time you order from Blue Zoo Aquatics, enter the coupon code AVN Coupons, all in capital letters. This promotion lasts from now until the end of March. So make sure you save 15% off your next order with. New England saltwater aquarist has now gone international thanks to Alice Cardinelli, Jason Landon, and Keith Norman. Any saltwater fish keeper, coral keeper, or reefer can join this wonderful saltwater group on Facebook. The name of the group is now National Saltwater and Reef Aquarist Society. So, if you own a saltwater fish, a coral tank, or a reef aquarium anywhere in the whole wide world, join our awesome group called National Saltwater and Reef Aquarist Society, where you can post pictures of your saltwater tank or chat saltwater. We'll see you on Facebook, National Saltwater and Reef Aquarius
1: Society.
0: Next Saturday, March 12, 2016, live on Saturday, live with Alice Cardinelli, our special guest will be Keith Norman, the third administrator of our group, National Saltwater and Reef Society. He's a very experienced saltwater aquarist, and he's going to talk to us about saltwater. Plus... A new segment debuts, and it's going to be called Cooking on Saturday, Best Recipe for the Weekend. And it's going to be Chicken Franchise and Veal Franchise. Plus, I'll answer your questions and ask away with Alice Cardinelli. Email your questions to alexgoyankeescardinelli.com. 19 at gmail.com or American Variety Network at Comcast.net. Plus, all of our great segments including funny phone calls, funny audio clips, and more. So join Saturday Live with Alice Cardinelli next Saturday, March 12th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Calling all Massachusetts residents, coming to the American Variety Network on Sunday, March 16th, 2016, at 8 p.m. Eastern, is The Mass Effect with Alex Cardinelli, where I'll be talking about current happenings in Massachusetts, news in Massachusetts, and... I'll even promote local Massachusetts businesses. I'm also going to interview some wonderful people from Massachusetts. This is going to be the first Massachusetts blog talk radio show. It's the one stop for every hardworking Massachusetts person. So check out The Mass Effect with Alice Cardinelli on Sundays. At 8 p.m. Eastern, if you are a Massachusetts resident, blogtalkradio.com forward slash American Network.
1: It's the Easter Bunny, Alex Cardinelli. And I'm- Here on American Variety Network. I'll discuss the history of Easter. I'll give out some good Easter recipes. And I'll talk about some things that an Easter bunny would nice talk about. Happy Easter, bunny. everyone. Easter and join me, Easter Bunny, on Kernanilli, nice live Easter morning, bunny. Sunday, March 27th Easter at 9 a.m. Eastern. Nice and decent, little bit of cool. This is Mr. Cat and Sugar Ray riding through. Why I like when I tell a man she have me intoxicated, for to love high man like a genie, wanna call me to fly. So me have that virgin, so me have bigger it for a try. When so the me, I say, Whoop 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 of the American Variety Network. Your only place for variety on Blog Talk Radio.
0: Welcome to Cooking School with Chef Alex Cardinelli. Chef Alex Cardinelli is Sir Save Certified, and he has a certificate in culinary arts from his culinary arts program. Chef Alex has worked at a former bakery, Gus and Paul's as well as several under-the-table restaurant positions. Chef Alex has five years of culinary knowledge that he learns throughout his years of culinary school with the tutelage of his mentor, Chef Matt West. Now, Chef Alex sidelined with a back illness, will take what he has learned and share it with every single one of his listeners. This is your opportunity to attend culinary school for free. So sit down, relax, and get ready to learn. Cooking School with Chef Alice Cardinelli is now in session. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Cooking School with Chef Alice Cardinelli. And tonight we are talking about food safety. And before our commercial break, we learned about the dangers of food. We learned about cross-contamination and the temperature danger zone. And now we're going to learn the safest way to clean dishes and some more food safety tips. So let's get back into it.
2: What is the safest way to clean dishes?
0: Well, believe it or not, The dishwasher is the safest way to wash and clean dishes. However, you can still do the old-fashioned way by hand, which I'll talk about a little bit later on. So, a dishwasher, the water pressure must be correct for all dish machines. Now, for high-temperature machines, the final sanitizing rinse must be 180 degrees Fahrenheit or hotter. Now, you should measure the water temperature at the manifold. Now, for chemical sanitizing machines, which is very rare in a home, but some people may have them anyway, you should wash your water at 120 degrees Fahrenheit or hotter, or excuse me, the wash water should be 120 degrees Fahrenheit or hotter, And your rinse water should be 75 degrees Fahrenheit to 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Use the recommended sanitizer. Follow the manufacturer's instructions. Now, the maintenance of dishwashers. Cleaning and maintaining. Maintaining a dishwasher. Clear spray nozzles and food traps. Fill tanks with clean water as needed. Fill detergent and sanitizer dispensers. Remove mineral deposits using a delimer as needed. Now, how to use a dishwasher. Scrape, rinse, or soak items before washing. Never overload the dish racks. Use the right rack. Never use a towel to dry items. Frequently, check water temperature and pressure change the water when necessary now if you are one of these people that don't like using dishwasher and you prefer to wash your dishes by hand you can do that so here's how you can clean your dishes by hand safely remove food wash with soap and water and air dry your dishes do not dry your dishes with a paper towel or any sort of towel. Let your dishes air dry.
2: What are some extra food safety tips you have learned
0: that you can share with us, Alex? Something I like to call FIFO. First in, first out is my first tip. FIFO is first in and first out and simply means you need to label your food with the dates you store them and put the older foods in front or on top so that you use them first. This system allows you to find your food quicker and use them more efficiently. To ensure using food prior to expiration, focus your choices on the first-in-first-out principle by consuming the earliest purchased food items and whose shelf life is the shortest first. In the refrigerator, you need to check for any forgotten leftovers. To ensure leftover safety, follow these guidelines. Temperatures between 40 degrees Fahrenheit and 140 degrees Fahrenheit allow bacteria to grow rapidly. Refrigerate cooked leftovers promptly, within two hours or one hour when the temperatures are over 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Use an appliance thermometer to ensure that your refrigerator is always 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Divide leftovers into smaller portions and store in shallow containers in the refrigerator. First in, first out is especially helpful when there are multiple items of the same product, which is kind of rare, in a home kitchen is more popular in a restaurant, unless you are a person that likes, let's say, milk or eggs or a certain product. Additionally, sure. Additionally, adhering to specific storage times of common food items can further aid in maintaining freshness and quality. So actually, uh, I just had a phone call from my uh, mom. She went grocery shopping today. So I had to tell her to uh, move the older boxes of pasta up front so that uh, we can use them first. So it's kind of a coincidence that she called during my uh, food safety show. Pretty, pretty cool. All right. My next tip for you is that thermometers are your friend. Use them instead of your eyes to tell when food is done. Now, like I said, beef, pork, veal, and lamb should be cooked to 145 degrees Fahrenheit. Ground meats should be cooked to 160 degrees Fahrenheit. Ham should be cooked to 145 degrees Fahrenheit. A fully cooked ham should be reheated to 140 degrees Fahrenheit and all others to 165 degrees Fahrenheit all poultry breast whole bird legs thighs and wings ground poultry and stuffing should be cooked to 165 degrees Fahrenheit eggs should be cooked to 160 degrees Fahrenheit fish and shellfish should be cooked to 145 degrees Fahrenheit Leftovers should be cooked to 165 degrees Fahrenheit, and casseroles should be cooked to 165 degrees Fahrenheit. Keep hot foods hot, 140 degrees Fahrenheit or above, and cold foods cold, 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Never leave meat, poultry, eggs, fish, or shellfish raw or cooked at room temperature for more than two hours. If the temperature outdoors is above ninety degrees Fahrenheit, refrigerate within one hour. Chill leftovers as soon as you finish eating. Store leftovers in small shallow containers to cool rapidly. Do not reheat food that is contaminating contaminated, excuse me. Reheating does not make it safe. If you are not sure how long a food has been in the refrigerator, throw it out. If you are not sure whether a food is safe, throw it out. When you eat out, be sure that meat is cooked thoroughly and that foods that should be refrigerated, such as puddings and cold cuts, are served cold. Also, pay attention to the restaurant environment. If the tables, dinerware, and restrooms look dirty, the kitchen may be too. Now, it is important to note spring is coming up and we're going to be using grills. Keep all meat separate from each other. Use different plates for raw and cooked meats. Do not let meat sit out on your counters for more than 30 minutes. And those are my final uh, food safety tips for you guys.
2: Hand washing. Why is it so important to wash your hands when prepping and dealing with food?
0: Your hands carry bacteria That can be deadly to other people. It is essential to wash your hands before cooking to reduce the risk of causing foodborne illness. Water should be hot at least 100 degrees. To wash your hands, you will need to use hand soap. It can be liquid powder or bar. It does not have to be antibacterial. Now the way to dry your hands is by paper towels, or if you're lucky in your house as a hand dryer, you can use a hand dryer. How to wash your hands. Wet your hands and arms. Use running water as hot as you can comfortably stand. Apply soap. Apply enough to build up a good lather. Scrub hands and arms vigorously. Scrub them for 10 to 15 seconds. Clean under fingernails and between fingers. Rinse hands and arms thoroughly, and dry hands and arms using paper towel. Always wash hands after using the bathroom, after coughing, sneezing, smoking, eating or drinking, after handling money, handling raw meats or poultry or seafood, before and after, after handling trash, after handling dirty utensils or equipment.
2: Can we touch food bare-handed?
0: In a restaurant, it is recommended to wear single-use gloves. It would become expensive to do so at home. I really recommend washing hands before touching food. Do not handle food if you have a sore that contains pus or that is infected. Is there anything else we should know about food safety? No. That covers it tonight. I gave you very important information. I hope everyone that listened to this show tonight will use it to stay safe and keep food safe. Thank you, Jeremy, for being our great student tonight.
2: Thank you for having me, Alex.
0: You're welcome. You did a fantastic job. Thank you. Next month, we will get ready to begin cooking. On April 10th, I will talk to you about menu planning, how to use recipes, missin' and flaws, and kitchen equipment and ingredients. Then the cooking shall begin. So until then, I want you guys to research Miss and flaws, and I want you to research how to use recipes, and I want you to research the different kinds of kitchen equipment. Because on April 10th, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to get ready to enter the kitchen. Students, class is dismissed. Please stay safe, and I will see you for our next session on April 10th. Good night, everybody, and thank you for tuning into Cooking School with Chef Alice Cardinelli. Special thanks to Jeremy Stellhorn for being our wonderful student. Good night, everyone. Next Saturday, March 12th, 2016, live on Saturday, live with Alice Cardinelli, our special guest will be Keith Norman the third administrator of our group, National Saltwater and Reef Society. He's a very experienced saltwater aquarist, and he's going to talk to us about saltwater. Plus, a new segment debuts, and it's going to be called cooking on Saturday, best recipe for the weekend, and it's going to be chicken franchise and veal franchise, plus, I'll answer your questions and ask away with Alex Cardinelli, email your questions to alexgoyankees.com. Cardinelli19 at gmail.com or American Variety Network at Comcast.net. Plus, all of our great segments, including funny phone calls, funny audio clips, and more. So join Saturday Live with Dallas Cardinelli next Saturday, March twelfth at eight p.m. Eastern. get a I'm selling them my trunk. whatever. Calling all Massachusetts residents coming to the American Variety Network. On Sunday, March 16th, 2016, at 8 p.m. Eastern, is The Mass Effect with Alex Cardinelli, where I'll be talking about current happenings in Massachusetts, news in Massachusetts, and I'll even promote local Massachusetts businesses. I'm also going to interview some wonderful people from Massachusetts. This is going to be the first Massachusetts Block Talk radio show. It's the one stop for every hardworking Massachusetts person. So check out The Mass Effect with Alice Cardinelli on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern if you are a Massachusetts resident blogtalkradio.com forward slash American Network
1: It's the Easter Bunny Alice Cardinelli and I'm inviting you to join me on Easter morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time 8 a.m. Central 7 a.m. Mountain and 6 day. a.m. Easter Pacific I celebrate Easter With all of you, my listeners Live, right here On American Variety Network I'll discuss the history of Easter I'll give out some good Easter About things that Easter Bunny would talk about. Happy Easter, Easter, everyone. And join me, Easter Bunny, on Cardinelli, live Easter morning, Sunday, March 27th at 9 a.m. Eastern for a special
2: Easter 2016 broadcast. Happy Easter! Donovan here, friend of Alex Cardinelli. I personally want to thank you for supporting Alex Cardinale by listening to his episode of American Variety Network. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please check out his Facebook page, American Variety Network, and hit like. And check out our awesome fish group called Freshwater Maniacs. For all the fish keepers listening, check out my YouTube channel, Here for the Fins, for some awesome info on my fish. Thanks for listening, and Alex And I will see you again for the next episode of American Variety Network. Rock on, folks.